chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 is the story of the first deception in the Bible. Well, the first one to humans. Because some of you know Satan, Satan deceived like one-third of the angels in heaven and took them all to hell. Oh yeah. So here's it. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to be talking about this story with Eve. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the servant, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Let's start with something here. The first thing is, the devil's job is to deceive. And he is very good at it. In fact, he's been in the same job now forever. And this guy is an expert at this thing. And so, when it comes to deception, the problem many of us have is that we think we can outfox the enemy. So we go, you know what? I don't need to talk to nobody. I got this. But you don't understand, you're playing a player. <laughs> and a serious one at that too. Here's what, here's what the devil, devil does first. First thing he does is, he always questions God's word in your life. He always questions it. Uh, you know what? I mean, here it is. Eve knew what God said. She said, hey, you shouldn't be, hey man, don't be messing with that tree. Same thing he did to Jesus. You remember? Jesus got baptized. He was trying this with Jesus. Trust me, he'll try it with you. Jesus got baptized. He came out of the, out of the water. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Forty days later, here comes the devil. Hey, if you really are the son of God. That's the first thing. The first test that he gives Jesus is one that has to do with what did God say. And many times in our lives, that's the same thing. Did God really say that flirting is bad? There's no scripture like that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you right there. You see, that's how he starts to sell you the lie. He starts to sell you the lie by muddying the truth. And once he can get the truth muddied, then it starts. So a lot of times, we, when we sit down, I, I, remember, I remember this one guy, um, we're counseling and talking to him, and I said, hey man, um, I said, hey, let me ask you something. The person wanted to, to leave, to leave his wife. So I said to him, hey, let me ask you something. What does God want? Here's his answer. God wants me to do what's right after I do this. That's called what? Deception. That's called what? Deception. Hey, some of you are right there. So you, I know it's funny, but guess what? Some of you are right there. And you're going, hmm, I was thinking the same thing. All right? Then he, here's what he does. First, he questions God's word. Here's the second thing he does. Then he starts to let you focus 
on an illegitimate need, an immediate circumstance, or a temporary feeling. I said, what do you mean by that? An illegitimate lead. Look, look at what he says to Eve. He says, um, first of all, he says, uh, then the servant said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, let me ask you something. How many trees could Eve eat of? Man, she could eat. Listen, there were thousands of trees. There were hundreds of fruits, vegetables, all sorts of things. I mean, let me tell you, she had it good. She probably like had the healthiest body in all existence. Because she had everything at her disposal. And here's what the enemy does. He gets you to focus on the one thing you don't have as if that's something that you need. And he creates this illegitimate need in your life. How many remember um, clap on, clap off lights? Everybody remember that? Remember that? Okay, right? Okay. How many of you knew, watch this now, before they ever advertised clap on, you didn't need one? Man, as soon as you saw that ad, you go, you know what? I didn't even know I hit my toe that many times in the dark till I saw that ad. I didn't know that when I woke up in the middle of the night, I needed some light around me in order to find my way to the refrigerator. I didn't know it until... Clap on. Clap off. So it makes sense. I need that. See, advertisers are really good at this. They know how to create a need in you that you didn't have before you saw their ad. They learned that from the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you. They learned it from the devil. And so, so here's what, and you know what? Guess what? How many of you have clap on, clap off lights? Nobody. <laughs> Right? Because guess what? You don't need it. You don't need it. Here's what he did with Eve. He said, Eve, you need to be wise. Eve didn't know she was already wise. Because the Bible says, the, uh, the fear of the Lord is the what? Beginning of? She was already submitted to the Lord. She was wise. Instead, he turned her into a fool by telling her she would become wise. And a lot of us, this is where we're at. The enemy has put some illegitimate need in front of us. And we think, hey, if we get that, we will be wise. If we get that, we will be happy. If we get that, things will be good. Here's the here's second thing. Immediate circumstances. Let me ask you this. Do you think if Eve knew the eventual results of her actions, she would do it? If she knew that she was going to lose the garden, right? If she knew that she was going to lose relationship with God. If she knew she was going to affect her children the way she affected her children. All right, I'm going to say that one again. If she knew she would impact her children by the decision she made. Not only that generation, but the next and the next and the next. If she knew she would go down in history... As the one 
who was deceived. Do you think she would have made that decision? You know, here's the problem with us. Many times we focus on our immediate circumstance. All Eve saw was today. Eve never thought about, hey, how is God going to think about this when I'm done? Eve never thought about, how are my children going to go through this when I'm gone? You know, I knew when I said this, when I spoke this message, I'd hear crickets in the audience. <laughs> Tweets. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't think our decisions all the way through. We think about them at the end of our happiness. See, all our, all our, you see, our decisions are based on, and they lived happily ever after. We don't think it all the way through. And we don't think about everybody else that it impacts besides ourselves. We have an immediate circumstance kind of thing. We don't sit beyond our nose. Let me tell you something. Wisdom is seeing way beyond today and seeing the thing all the way through. Because if you see it through to the end, you made the right decision in the beginning. I'm telling you, if you see it through to the end, we would make better decisions from the beginning. Amen? Illegitimate needs, immediate circumstance. Here's the third thing that the enemy uses. Temporary feelings. Man, I just don't feel in love today. Shandai. (laughs) Temporary feelings. He says to Eve, hey man, look at that apple. She looks at it she says, man, it looks good. It looks like it would taste good. It looks very pleasing to the eyes. That's what he says. Uh, you know, Eve said when she saw it, it was pleasant to the eyes. A tree desirable to make one wise. So she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband. That idiot. <laughs> I mean, he was just, oh my word. But anyway, but watch this. She was sold a lie. And what? Based on a temporary feeling. Do you know how she felt? Do you know how Adam felt right after they ate the fruit? They felt guilt and they felt shame. Man, how feelings change really quick. A lot of times we're making some permanent decisions based on some temporary feelings. Let me tell you something. here's, Here's the answer to feelings. Regardless of how you feel, do the right thing. Do the right thing until your feelings catch up with your commitment. I said, do the right thing till your feelings catch up to your commitment. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus understands this falling out of love thing. Because people fall out of love with him every time, all the time. In fact, some of you are here and you say, you know what? I love Jesus, but I'm not in love with Jesus right now. I don't, you know, I, I've lost that loving feeling. But you know what? We're not divorcing Jesus. Here's what Jesus said to one church. He says, guess what? You've lost your first love. He said that in the book of Revelation. He said, hey, you have lost your first love. Then guess what his formula was? He says, do the works you used to do at first. Guess what? If you do what you used to do when you were in love, the love will come back. I'm telling you. I'm just, I'm just, giving, you, I'm just giving you wisdom from the word. Let me tell you something. You cannot trust your feelings. You cannot trust your heart. You cannot trust your heart. Um, I remember I was talking to one guy one time, and he said, a pastor said to him, hey man, the pastor said this to him. The pastor said, 
if, if it's right in your heart, then that's the Holy Spirit. Just do it. Let me tell you something. That's a lie. Second uh, Corinthians eleven fourteen. I'm, I'm going to show you some things this morning. Uh, deception always masquerades as wisdom and blessing. Deception always masquerades as wisdom and blessing. Except here's the difference with deception. Deception, when it masquerades as wisdom and blessing, it tells you not to seek the wisdom and blessing of people who know more than you. I want to say it again. Deception always masquerades as wisdom and blessing while telling you not to seek the wisdom and blessing of those who can help you. I'm saying it again. Deception always masquerades as wisdom and blessing while telling you not to seek the wisdom and blessing of someone who can help you. So once you think you have it down, but you hear a voice say, don't share it with anyone, that's deception right there. Second Corinthians 11.14. What does it say? And no marvel for... Satan himself is what? Transformed into what? Into what? Into what? He is the deceiver. And so when he comes, he's not going to come with a pitchfork and a pointy tail. He's going to look like an angel of light, baby. And trust me, he's going to show up in a way that you're going to say, this must be God. That's why you've got to bounce it off somebody. That's why you've got to find the wisdom and blessing of somebody who knows more than you. Somebody who has more spiritual insight. Somebody who can give you wise counsel and direction. Don't do it all by yourself. Just because it looks good and it looks wise doesn't mean it's the real thing. How many of you know that everything shiny isn't gold? Some of it is paint. Amen? So whenever you think... That you are wiser than his word. You're walking in deception. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Listen. Sometimes we are the ones that deceive ourselves. Sometimes the enemy just hires us. And we do a great job. Amen. Look at what, look at what Jeremiah 17 9 says. The heart is what? Deceitful. My heart is deceitful. If I don't submit my heart to the word, if I don't submit my heart to wise counsel, my heart will lead me in the wrong direction. This is not what Hollywood tells us. Man, every show my children watch now says, just follow your heart. Follow your what? (laughs) I'm thinking, what does the heart of a five-year-old know? Seriously. What does the heart of a 12-year-old know? Sometimes, what does our heart know when this isn't filling it up? What's our heart? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Check out this next one. Proverbs 26, verse 12. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit or wise in his own wisdom or a man who thinks he knows himself, he knows it all, there is more hope for a fool than for him. Look at verse 26. Same same Proverbs uh, 26. Look at it. Whose hatred is covered by deceit, 
And, all right, that's the wrong one. <laughs> wrong scripture. Don't worry about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let no man deceive who? Himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is what? Is foolishness with God. So what's the solution? The solution is this. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Here's the difference. You have those who trust in themselves for their own solution. And then you have this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Let me tell you, there is a blessing that comes when we say, God, I'm going to do it your way. Even when your way hurts right now. Even when your way seems ridiculous right now. Even when your way makes no sense based on what I've been through and what I'm going through. And you don't understand what he has done to me. And you don't understand what she has said to me. And you don't know where we've come from. Yet God says, if you do it my way, you shall not even be careful in the time of drought. I mean, things happening all around you and you are carefree. You are happy. You are good if you just do it my way. Just do it my way. Do it my way. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. The first thing we need to understand, like I said, was we need to analyze how deception works. Now I want to tell you about the second step. We need to ask we need to ask before we act. There's some questions we need to ask. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking. I need to find Ephesians. It's in the New Testament, right? Uh, Ephesians chapter Thank you. Thank you very much for all of you who helped me just now. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read from verse 15. But before we read, I want to tell you there are three questions you need to ask before you make decisions that's going to mess up your marriage. In fact, sometimes the decisions you're making, you don't even know they're going to mess up your marriage till it's too late. So, I'm going to tell you three questions. Number one is, you need to ask yourself, what need am I trying to fill? Number two, you need to ask, what good can come out of this? And number three, you, ask, you need to ask, is this the wise thing to do? I'm going to break them down for you. I'm going to break them down. What need am I trying to fill? If you can identify the need that can, if you can identify the need you're trying to fill, it can help you determine number one if the need is legitimate, and number two if the way in which you're trying to fill it is a legitimate way. For example, some people think, "Hey, you know what? I need to leave because I'm frustrated." You need to ask yourself why. Because many times, the real need that you have is not a need of frustration. The real need that you have is a need of approval. And what you're doing is, you're hoping that your spouse can meet the need for your approval that you want. And what happens is that you're trying so hard to get this approval. And though they keep trying to give you it, after a while, they can't give you what you really need. And you're looking to them to meet a need that you, they can't fill. All right. You'll get it. <laughs> Sometimes the need you think you're trying to fill is a need 
that your spouse can't meet. And you've got to do something about it. I've seen people who just live in anger in their marriage. They're angry, they're angry, they're angry. And they're taking it out on their spouse. And you go, hey man, what's going on? You know what the problem is? They haven't forgiven their father. But they haven't connected the two. And they're blaming their spouse for their anger. When the real problem is that they had a situation with their father leaving in the beginning. And now they're taking it out on everybody they have a relationship with. And they think that the person that they're going to have a relationship with in the future is going to make them feel like a man. But it's not the job of a woman to make you feel like a man. If your father didn't make you feel like a man, then your heavenly father has to make you feel like a man. But it's not a woman's job. And many times, the need that we think we have is not the real need. There is a root need. Some of us, the root need is the fear of rejection. And so we're afraid of commitment. Are you hearing me this morning? You've got to ask yourself, what is my real need? Why am I flirting? What's my real need? Why am I looking at that person? Why am I thinking about them? Why am I sending this text? What's my real need? Are you hearing me this morning? All right. What, am I trying, what need am I trying to fill? Here's the second question. What good can come out of this? Think things through to the end. I'm hitting each of the three areas that the enemy uses here. What good can come out of this? If nothing good can come out of it, it's deception. What good can, you come, out, can come out of you spending time with this person? Around the water cooler? <laughs> At work? What good can come out of that? Really? Think about it. What good, what good can come out of you watching that kind of movie? Surfing the internet at one o'clock in the morning? What good can come out of that? I'm talking to married people here. Because single people think that, you know what? As soon as I get married, I don't need pornography anymore. And some married people go, ha, ha, ha. That's how I used to think. Uh, by the way, this is PG-13. I'm sorry, but guys, I should have warned you before. We do have Elevate 78 in the back, and we have a kids' ministry out in the foyer. All right. What good can come out of you answering that phone at 10.30 at night? Have you thought this thing all the way through? Have you really thought past the fantasy? Have you thought past the fantasy? Have you thought past the part where it was, it's only something on it? Have you thought past where everybody finds out? Have you thought past that? Have you thought past the bills that are going to come as a result? And the pain and the hurt. Have you thought past the fantasy? Yeah, put your hands together and bless Him. Amen. 
Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Is this the wise thing to do? Listen, in, in light of your past experiences, your present circumstance and your future hopes and dreams, is this the wise thing to do? Because when we appeal to our wisdom, our emotions get put on hold. When we start asking ourselves wisdom questions, our emotions get put on hold. Here's what I'm saying. Um, Romans uh, 14, you know what, I want, let me look at Ephesians 5 first. See then that you walk circumspectly. That word circumspectly means wisely, circumspectly. In other words, taking care of everything that's around you. Not as fools, but as wise. Look at the next verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Listen, God is saying to us, we need to walk wisely. And here's some ways to walk wisely. Create ridiculous boundaries. Do you know if Eve was nowhere near that tree, she couldn't get tempted? It was not a small place. She could have picked the bananas somewhere else. She could have been, you know, harvesting corn somewhere else. She should not have been near the tree. Sometimes you need to create some ridiculous boundaries. What do you mean by that? Okay, like I have a ridiculous boundary in my life. I will not be driving alone with a woman in a car who is not my wife or my family member. So that's ridiculous. That's right. And when I do, guess what? I get uncomfortable. Because to me, I'm already crossed the line. I don't have any interest. That's not the point. The point is this. If I won't drive with them, I ain't going to be in bed with them. Oh my gosh. Too many of us do this. Man, how close can I get to sin without sinning? We need to do this. How far can I stay from sin so I don't sin? Amen? Amen. Create some ridiculous boundaries. That's the wise thing to do. That's the wise thing to do. All right, listen. Can you give me uh, five more minutes? All right, okay, give me five more minutes. Listen, I want to talk about some quick, quick uh, deceptions that people just put themselves through. We need to apply truth to how we think. We need to apply truth to how we think. Romans 12, 2 says, oh, let's put it up. Romans 12, verse 2. I know I'm jumping all over the place. Can this work with me? <laughs> and be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, the world is going to give you a different message than what the word gives you. That's just how it's going to be. You've got to just, you know what, get into the word that your mind would be renewed so that you can do what is good and acceptable. Alright, here's one of the deceptions that I hear a lot. Are you ready? Number one, my spouse isn't making me happy. It gets said all sorts of ways. I'm not happy in my marriage. I'm not happy anymore. Things used to be different. La, da, da, da. I mean, it comes to, but basically what it comes down to is this. Uh, my spouse is not making me happy. Oh, thank you. I know I heard you. That's all right. So, there we go. <laughs> My spouse isn't making me happy. Guess what? It's not their job to. If you weren't happy coming in, you ain't going to be happy when you get there. 
Guess why? Because God is the one that gives you happiness. God is the one. There are some things that only God can do in your life, and you need to get it from Him in order to be happy. Let me throw out five things real quick. Number one, acceptance. Listen, you can't receive acceptance from your spouse to make you feel good. You've got to know that you're accepted in the beloved, that God accepts you, that He paid full price for you, and you're that valuable to Him. Your self-value is based on how you view God viewing you, not how your spouse views you. Number two, approval. We talked about approval earlier, so I'm not going to say it again. Identity. You can't get your identity from your spouse. Your identity comes from the Lord. Amen? Number three, security. Listen, if you're insecure, your spouse's job is not to make you feel secure. That's something you got to work out with your God. Yeah, work that out with your God. You've got to know how much He loves and cares for you, how much He has done for you, and how much He values you. You've got to know that you're unique, you're created one of a kind, that you're the apple of His eye, that He has a purpose and a plan for you, and that there's no one who can take that from you, that you're uniquely developed and born by Him, shaped by Him. He called you before you were even in your mother's womb. You've got to know that about yourself. And know, guess what? I am all that to God. Number five, purpose. Your spouse can't give you your purpose. Man, your purpose has got to be in, in Christ. You've got, to, you've got to go back to your maker to find your purpose, not your mate. All right. Deception number two. If my spouse were the right one, this would be easy. <laughs> I'll tell you something I, I, I tell you I hear man this is so hard I hear people man this is so much work man I know what I didn't know it was going to be this tough really now <laughs> who gave you premarital counseling <laughs> no listen Hollywood teaches us if we marry the right person I will not have to work at the relationship to stay in love it will happen automatically the word cleave, Genesis 2.24 says, For this purpose shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. The word cleave in that verse means this. Listen, to pursue with great energy and to cling to something zealously. That sounds like work to me. <laughs> Amen? Great marriages don't happen automatically. They take what? They take what? They take what? They take work. Amen. Number three, the grass is greener on the other side. Here's, here's what that means. It means what you see is better than what you have. I'm going to tell you a true, very true story. I have some time. I'm going to tell you a very true story about uh, um, Samantha and I. We used, to, uh, we used to live in this house. We were house-sitting for this person. And we were the last house on the block. And the city sewer right, ran under each, um, each person's front yard, right, and then out into the, to, to the main. Well, one day, our toilet stopped working. It, it wasn't flushing properly. So I, I would pump it, and it, it still wasn't, nothing was happening. And I didn't know what was going on. So the next day, 
in our front yard, there was a bubbling <laughs> under the manhole. And it started to come out. It got so bad that it started to spout. And apparently what happened was the city main, the, 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 the thing, was blocked somehow. And everybody's... <laughs> everybody's stuff on the avenue came down to our house. I know. Right? And so they cleared it up and everything else. But here, here's, here's the thing. Man, did our grass look green. And let me tell you something, from afar, it looked real green. But the closer you got, is the more it smelled. <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you the truth, guys. Let me tell you the truth. I mean, that was true. But let me, tell you, let me tell you the truth in terms of a phrase. The grass is greener where you water it. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. All right. Here's, here's the last deceptive thought, and then I'm going to close. Last deceptive thought is this. No one else needs to know what's going on. Okay? Hear me. That's a lie based on arrogance or ignorance. The arrogance part says this, this is my business, nobody else's. I've got this. I can deal with my own stuff myself. I don't need people, people out there talking about my business. And that's arrogance. The ignorance side is this, if, so, if someone knows, they'll think less of me. We're the only people going through stuff like this. No one else has ever experienced this before. That's the ignorance side. Listen to Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 6. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 6. Watch this. You have that? If not, I'll turn there. Okay. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 6. Let me say something. Wisdom is not something that's inbuilt in us. Wisdom is something we have to seek. And throughout the word... It says this, seek wisdom, seek wisdom, seek wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. It is something that is always outside of you until you get it and put it in you. It is not something that is innate. It is not something that is intrinsic. It is not something that is obvious. If it was obvious, then every fool would be wise. And oftentimes, the wise thing to do is oftentimes not the thing you first thought of. Here's what Proverbs 24, 3 says. Through wisdom, a house is builded. Listen, a house is going to be built only if you seek wisdom outside of yourself. If you're going to try and build your house by your own knowledge, you're going to build a house that will fall. Listen to it. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding is it established. Next verse. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all the precious and pleasant riches. Next verse. 
A wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases in strength. For by wise counsel shalt thou make thy war, and in the multitude of counselors there is what? Let me tell you something. Do not go through it by yourself. If there's one thing I can tell you, if there's one thing I want you to walk away with is this. I don't know when I'm deceived, and so I need to seek counsel. I don't know when I'm deceived, so I need to seek counsel. Listen to me. Don't do it by yourself. Don't do what's wrong because of your feelings. Don't do what's wrong because of circumstances. Don't do what's wrong because of some need you think you might have. Get counsel. Get counsel. Get counsel. Get counsel. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me this morning.